Father, we bless your name. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I command my soul to praise you, for great is our Lord and greatly to be praised. Father, we do thank you. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for forgiveness. We're thankful that there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. We thank you, O God, for your precious promises. We thank you, O God, for your son Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross, that we might enjoy everlasting life. Lord, we thank you because there's nothing that can separate us from your love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Come on now. Come on, don't act like you have nothing to be thankful for. It's hot up here, and don't let me be hot by myself. We have so much to be thankful for. You weren't one of the 10 in Buffalo or 11. Your children, was, your children made it home safe, your grandchildren. Folks are now planning funerals. But God has smiled on you once again, and I believe that he's worthy of every hallelujah, every praise, every hand clap that we can give him, because our God is worthy to be praised. The Bible says from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, our God is worthy to be praised. He's lifted you up out of your sickbed. He's made a way out of no way. He's blessed you and been better to you than you could ever be to yourself. Excuse me, I got a praise on me. I can't get it off. How does Steph Curry do it? Listen, beloved. When the Lord allows us to gather together, and to lift his name, we are a grateful and blessed people. You've been traveling and trafficking all over the place, and God has kept you. He's kept your family. He's kept you with jobs. He has provided for you. And he, therefore, is worthy of every praise that I can give him. Because the day is coming when you're going to want to, <laughs> and your body, mind, and spirit will not let you. So while you have breath in your body, while you have the presence of mind, learn to worship, praise, and give thanks to Almighty God. That's all I'm saying. Now, I'm going to try to get this message out. I, I'm going to try to get it off of me because uh, i got a few things to say about pride. We're we hanging for a few moments in Genesis chapter 11. It's a single point message. But it's probably one of the most critical things we need to be thinking about as people. Because pride is, we're seeing a byproduct of the ugliness and sinfulness of pride. This is what the text says. I'm, I'm going to read some of it, and I'm going to use more of a topical message, but 
But let me look at uh, Genesis chapter 11 and uh, this, this is what it says. I'm going to look at verses um, 3 and read from there in Genesis 11. Then they said one to another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Read that again. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they began to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come. Let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the, whole, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. I want to preach for a moment from the sermonic theme. Keep pride in check for your own good. Keep pride in check for your own good. At first glance, through a quick read, you almost wonder what did these folks do? that was so bad. But then it doesn't take long before you see the phrase, and it's right there, let us, let us make a name for ourselves. It was human pride. It was rebellion against God. They wanted to do things their way. And just as pride was a problem then, pride is a problem today. When I thought about the ugliness of pride, I then put it beside the beauty of Christ, who was a portrait of humility. Jesus was the most of humble, lowly, born in a stable. Uh, he, he, a feeding trough was, he was cradled in. He, he was a, a carpenter in a town that, well, was dusty and dirty. He was rich, but for our sake, he became poor. He felt comfortable with those who were on the margin of life. The least, the lost, the left out, the wine bibbers, the prostitutes, those who did not have. 
he seemed to feel at home and comfortable with. The friend of sinners, humility, portrait of Christ, but yet we also see that this same Christ had a holy hatred for pride. When you look at Isaiah chapter 2, verse 12, God has some sobering words about pride. It says, the Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. God seems to be making a promise that one day he is going to deal with the proud and the lofty. Mm, I don't know about you. I, I would not want to be in that number. It tells us that he does not take lightly pride. So I thought that it would be good for us to take a look at. Uh, just briefly, bad subject, can't cover it all in 30 minutes, but we want to at least touch it uh, to see how you and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, can begin to, to keep pride in check. We know pride when we see it, don't we? Um, arrogance, stubbornness, uh, prideful folks seldom care about the concerns or needs of others. Uh, pride is doing it your way and your way only. Uh, pride wraps itself in superiority, bigotry, and hatred and violence. Pride can be a dangerous thing if you happen to be on the wrong side of it. Pride, inability to forgive. Pride, you got to have the last word. Pride, you're always right. Pride. And pride is something that, beloved, we have to work with daily because here's the thing. Pride comes natural. Humility is the thing that takes work. You get a child and you see they have no problem being prideful. This is mine. Leave this alone. You don't have to teach them. <laughs> but you got to teach them to share. You got to teach them to be humble and to, to work together. So I want us to take a look at this, this pride thing, beloved, because it's, it's, it's wreaking havoc. We're seeing the byproducts of pride play itself out right before us. Now let me say this. There is a healthy aspect to pride that I do not want to overlook. Even in Galatians 6, I believe, 4, it talks about how once you have completed a task or, or some uh, achievement that you've made, nothing is wrong with uh, uh, feeling good about that accomplishment or achievement. And you want to keep it in its proper place. Okay, um, I remember I grew up in a home where I heard this. Boy, take pride in yourself. Some of y'all grew up in a house like that. Uh, care about your appearance. When you look in the mirror, don't just look in it and walk away. See that you need to straighten yourself up. Look like you got some, look like you belong to something or someone, this family or something. Don't go out looking any old kind of way. And let me tell you something. That has stayed with me oh, low these many years. I do a quick... 
because you have some, some self-pride about yourself. You just don't get up and look like you just get up and go out the, no, no, baby, you don't do that. When you have pride about yourself, there's some, some self-respect. That's all I'm saying. But the pride the Bible's talking about is a lot more ominous. It's that conceit, that pride that uh, is stubborn, arrogant, uh, condescending, patronizing, self-righteousness. But the good thing, beloved, is that we don't have to stay there. That we, God is so gracious and kind that he's given us what we need that we might be able to handle and confront and defeat pride when it shows up in our lives. Isn't that wonderful? That God did not leave you without the tools you need to be able to handle pride when it comes your way. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Um, I choose to hate pride just as God hates pride. In other words, I want to learn to love what he loves in my effort to be holy. I want to love what he loves, and I want to learn to hate what he hates. He hates pride. And I know you're saying, my goodness, hate is such a strong word. There's no accident that I chose hate. Because that's the word that God used. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, we see some things that God hates. Okay, um, it, it says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Yes, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that divides his wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and among one who sows discord among the brethren. You see the first one, was hate a proud look? Isn't that interesting? Because that is the one that all of the others are built upon. In other words, um, it says a proud look, um, a lying tongue, pride, shedding innocent blood, pride, devising wicked plans, pride, swift to running to evil. I think you get the message. Witnesses who speak lies, pride, Sows discord among the brothers. Pride. All of those are an offshoot of pride. And the text is suggesting that he hates it. So, and, and see, if, if you're not careful, it's easy to get accustomed to prideful ways. In other words, it almost becomes second nature. You just do it because <laughs> that's the way I am. I call it like I see it. You know, I'm a straight shooter. You, you start talking about that kind of foolishness. You know, like that gives you license to say or do anything you want. The devil is a liar. That's pride. And see, even, even in the text, Genesis 11, 3, 4, it says, listen to what he says. It says, listen to their words. They said to one another, 
I'm not making this up. It's in Genesis 11, chapter 11. They said to one another, whenever you start talking to yourself or one another and he's nowhere in it, you know you're beginning on a wrong road. They said to one another, let us. They were now working independent of God. Let us build ourselves a city and let us make a name for ourselves. They saw nothing wrong with what they were doing. They thought they were doing right. Open rebellion is what they were doing. And yet, they saw nothing wrong with what they, that's how pride works. If you're not careful, you begin to justify and to think, well, I ain't saying nothing wrong, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> you know what? No consideration, no thoughtfulness, nothing. You just... So, so here's my thing. You know, it's like, Lord, help me to see. Give me eyes to see that, that pride is sinful, that it is an offense to you. And as I practice it, it offends you. It is sinful. Um, Carl Menninger, years ago, wrote a book, Whatsoever, Whatever Happened to Sin?, he said, sin used to be a robust word. It used to be a, a heavy word, a word with a lot of freight. He said, but now, and this was like in 1973 or 74, he said, now we're, it's almost gone from the, the, the American vernacular. I ain't talking about sin. We, we call it everything other than that. Call it for what it is. Sin against a holy and righteous God. And Lord, I need you to help me see my sin and not only see it, but do something about it. Recognizing my prideful ways is not enough. I must now take the next step to do something about it. Ain't gonna get no jumping on this one. I know that. I mean. So, Lord, reveal to me my prideful ways. Pride always glorifies self and leave God's out. E-G-O, edge God out. That's what pride does. Number two, I choose to hate pride because it limits God, his moving, his working in my life. God desires to do so much for you and I. He, he really does. Um, he said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I have a Zoe, I have an abundant life that I, I, I'm making available unto you as my child, as one who is my disciple, as my follower as one who's practicing obedience, as one who's learning to lay down sinful ways. There's so much I want to do in you and through you. Pride, in a way, handcuffs a holy and righteous, omnipotent, all-powerful God because of pride. It's like I stand before him that great day and say, Listen, you know what, I, I, I really want, let me show you, this is what I really wanted to do with you, but 
Uh, this pride thing, you just couldn't get it right. So you got this, but, 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 but this is really what I had. But you got this, it's good. But I had so much better, so much more for you. But, but, you, but baby, you handcuffed me. I, you couldn't do nothing with that pride. So as a result, uh, you, you made it in. I mean, you, you got a nice house in the, I mean, but, ah, so much more I could have did with you. So much more you could have been and achieved uh, through me, through you. But it is what it is, right? So, 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 so pride will get in the way of us being able to enjoy the abundant life that Christ has for us. Listen, folk acting like they don't want the abundant life. I don't know about you. I don't mind getting some of the abundant life. I want abundant health. I want abundance in my mind. I, nothing's wrong with that. He's doing it, not me. He's the one providing, not me. And I'm not talking about name it or claim it. I'm just talking about a God that blesses his children above and beyond. All right, maybe this will help. Um, uh, uh, have you ever heard anyone say, but pride got in the way? Anybody ever heard that phrase before? Thank you, okay, thank you. Whew. You're hearing me, amen. So, okay, I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was following the Lakers. I'm not sure why yet, so we, maybe we can talk about that later, but but I was looking at the Lakers, right? And, 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 and kind of, I was intrigued by their powerful roster that they had. They had LeBron James. Everybody knows who he is, right? Then, then you had this guy, uh, Kevin Westbrook, I think. Westbrook. Anthony Davis, seven-footer. On paper, they looked unbeatable. And everybody was puzzled because... They had a lousy season. I mean, on paper, you'd think that they would be playing now. But it didn't happen. So, so one of the analysts said something that arrested my attention. He said, you know, the problem is adjustments needed to be made. But pride got in the way. Man, that thing convicted me because I began looking at my own life. <laughs> and you can look at yours too, I don't mind. But, but, but you know, you can look back at your life and say, you know, mm, some adjustments <laughs> I needed to make, but I did not make them. Pride got in the way. And as a result, things never been right since, because pride got in the way. Beloved, pride will get in your way, and, and it, it makes it difficult for God to be able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you could ever think or ask. Pride. James chapter 4, verse 6 puts it this way. But he gives more grace. Therefore, listen to this. He says, God resists or opposes the proud, but gives grace grace to the humble. That word resist slash oppose means to be at war with. Hear me. To be at war with. He said you, pride will put you at war with God. Now help me here. I don't know, but I don't want to be at war with him. 
But look at the B part. But he gives grace to the humble. Hmm. So you mean if I put away pride and demonstrate humility, I get to experience your grace in maybe ways I never expected. Could it be that God is resisting some areas in your life because of pride? You are, he's opposed to your plans um, because pride has gotten in the way. You are you wondering why relationships not working. You wonder why your career is busted. You wonder why you can't handle your finances. You wonder why this is happening and this is happening. It's happening because pride has a wedge between you and him. I'm not making this up. That's what the word says. That's a sobering thought. He says, he resists or opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I like giving grace to the humble because that suggests that whenever I run up against something, that God is saying to me, I have grace for that. (laughs) Oh Lord, because of your humility, because of your dependence upon me, I have grace for whatever you may be dealing with in your life that is sufficient. But I got to be willing to do something with this pride that he opposes, that he resists. And the best way to do that is to come clean and, and recognize I need to practice humility. You know, sometimes we have to reach a point where we talk back to pride. Listen, you talk back to everybody else, right? So, so why not talk back to pride? You know, pride, me and you have been running buddies for a long time. We've had a sick, sordid, and sorry relationship. But I'm weary now. I've grown tired of this kind of relationship because it's really not working to my favor. So I had to pull from that great theologian, Ray Charles, and say, hit the road, Jack. You're no longer welcome here. You go somewhere else. You got to talk back to the enemy sometimes because he's always trying to mess with your head. So, So let him know you're not welcome. Hit the road. And as Ray would say, don't come back no more, no more, no more. I don't want to deal with you today. So get to stepping. So what I want to do, I'm, 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 I'm saying, Lord, help me follow the path of humility. The path of humility is going to be a, walk, a closer walk with Christ. The path of humility is going to meet Jesus in the word. The path of humility is one of prayer. The path of humility is one of worship. The path of humility is a heart of forgiveness. The path of humility is a second chance. The path of humility is to trust God 
The path of humility is to serve him. The path of humility is to worship him. I want to follow the path of humility and lay aside the pride and all the damage it does. And here's, here's another one that, that I want you to think about, and then I'll take my seat. Um, I, I choose to stomp out pride with humility. I, 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 said, I said, stomp out. <laughs> I, I, I want to stomp out some some pride. I know I'm rather demonstrative. I was born that way, but I think you get my point. It, it's some stuff I need to be ready to stomp out of my life. And pride is one of them. I, I want to stomp it out. I, I want to I eliminate it. I want to get rid of it. Because each day, beloved, you and I have to do battle with this thing called pride, and therefore we must learn to start stomping it out. It's not enough to have a peaceful coexistence with it. Time out for that. So what I need to do, first of all, is confess to God my struggle with pride. He won't be surprised, believe me. I need to say, Lord, this area of my life I'm struggling with, and I, I need you to help deliver me from it because it is ruining and wrecking my walk, my relationships. Help me get rid of pride. You gave me a helper in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. He's given us one who comes alongside of us to help us deal with pride. You know, I had to repent because so often we fail to bring the Holy Spirit into our struggle, and he's saying, I am, come on, come on. And, 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 and he's waiting, and we're just like walking around him and catching all this hell, and he's saying like, okay, well, fine, you want to do it? Go ahead. I'm, let me know when you're ready. I'll be here. He's waiting. He gave us a helper to, to help deal with this thing called pride. Um, and stomp it out with being fearful of the Lord. Holy reverence for him. My dependence is upon you, Lord. Only you can do this for me. Um, Humility stomping on it by way of learning to forgive. Some stuff we really do need to let go by now. Ephesians 4.32 says, But be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ has also forgiven you. You stomp on pride when you learn to forgive. Some folk, we need to pick up the phone and say, You know what? We got to get this right. In fact, I don't even know why we're at odds. Why don't we go to lunch next week and uh, have a meal? And, and let's get this right. All of us got some, someone in our life that we need to get right with. 
and stomp on pride with humility to forgive. Um, you know, one, something else I noticed that humble people know how to pick their battles. Uh, they don't, they don't, listen, listen, every hill is not worth dying on. <laughs> every hill is not worth dying on. Listen, you don't always have to be right. I know people say, child, you can't tell him nothing. He always think he right. So go on, child, let him. They, they know every darn thing anyway, so go on. You got to get the last word. Some hills are worth dying on. Standing for truth, standing for Christ, got that. But many of the hills are not worth it. Humble folk understand that. They, they, don't, they don't fight all the time. Um, the prideful people are always looking for a fight. But those of us who practice humility realize that um, sometimes we have to have the wisdom to let it go and realize you don't just have, you don't have to be right, you know. Um, humble people have learned how to uh, remain silent, stomp on pride by knowing when sometimes it's not even worth the argument. You save yourself a lot of energy. I thought about Jesus in 1 Peter chapter, 20, chapter 2, verse 23. When they hurled it their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Jesus practiced humility. That's our example. Um, listen, humility is when you take your pointer finger and put it over your lips and say, to your ego. Yeah, that, that, that's what humility is. when you take your pointer finger and you put it over your mouth and say, to your ego, and you just let it go. That's how you stomp on pride, by learning to let some stuff go. You stomp on pride when you learn how to build some people up. You ought to have a circle of people that, that you speak life into, that you've been with them long enough that you have the kind of relationship where you begin to speak life and hope and healing into them through scripture, through prayer, through private devotion, however you choose to do it, but you choose to to speak life. That's what humble people do. You help speak life. I, I think about Barnabas in chapter 4 of Acts. It says um, he was known as the son of encouragement. When Barnabas showed up, you know he was going to come with a good word. He wasn't coming with no foolishness, no mess. He was always going to be exalting Christ. Oh, have that kind of reputation. Humble people are unafraid, hear this, to rub shoulders with the least, the lost, and the left out. Preacher, where you get that from? What are you talking about? 
Well, I'll show you. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not be arrogant. Don't be a snob. Don't think that just because you live in a certain zip code that somehow now you're better than somebody else. Shame on you. Yeah, I know you got two nickels you can rub together and you done them pretty good, but that ain't enough. He's not impressed. Folks are going to be feeding here, I think, next week. He's saying, make sure that you make an effort to hang around and associate with the least among us. I know it's going to be tight in here now. Because, see, we get comfortable in our cocoon. We, we like the people that we hang with to smell like us, smell good. Yeah. He's saying, nah, baby, that ain't it. I'm not impressed. But when you begin to associate with those who are least among us, you know, like the folk that are going to be fed, I believe, the feeding program? Y'all know, know what I'm talking about, the feeding program they have? Yeah. And if you really want to be bold, <laughs> try the hope movement. See? And see, you know what the dilemma is? You know why pride gets such a foothold? Because we're afraid to be around people who don't always look like us. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm here now. So um, that's the dilemma. And see, pride keeps you insulated and, 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 and getting your information and shots from channel 2, 11, 13, whatever, and you start drawing conclusions about people. Well, here's my suggestion to you. Start hanging around some people who don't look like you. You can go to the feeding program. That, that's pretty comfortable. Folk look like you. Don't have to go down the whole people look like me down there. So you, you, you find where you want to deal with folks who, the text says, and this is what humble people do, deal with those who are of low position. You know why? Because you learned something. Okay, um, this is autobiographical. I'm not going to give you too much of it. I, I have been working with inmates, drug addicts, prisoners, my whole life in some capacity. White folk, black folk, Hispanic, don't matter. That's why I can move in certain spaces. And I said, man, why you go out there? How can, how you get out there? Man, Lord did it. I don't know. I'm just doing what he said to do. He put you in spaces where you could not put yourself. You, you develop a certain comfort level with working with all kinds of different people. And it served me well. Because I ain't scared of none of you. I mean, scared of nobody. I'm just, that's just how I roll now. He said, go here. Fine, I'll go. But it only comes by way of being comfortable and willing to, to, to avail yourself to different people. That's how you are able to stomp out pride with humility. Let me move. Let me move. So those are just a few things you can do to stomp out pride. And there's so many more. You do your own search and, and see how you can come up with some ways to deal with pride and stomp it out whenever you have a chance. 
Stomp it out also by learning to glorify Jesus Christ. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, 24, I love this. He says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, but strength. Let not, let not the wise man glory in strength, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he knoweth and understandeth me, that I am the Lord your God who exercises loving kindness, righteousness, and justice in all of the earth. Glory in the person of Jesus Christ. You'll stomp out pride every time once you start glorifying Jesus. Uh, glorify him because he has kept you his provisions, his promises. Glorify him because he's raised you up out of your sickbed. Glorify him because he's taking care of you. Glorify him because you are saved. You've been redeemed. Your name is written in the guest book of heaven. Glorify him because he loves you with an unconditional love. Glorify him because he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Glorify him because he was born, he, was, he died, he was buried, he was resurrected, and he's coming back. Those are reasons to glorify him. And as I glorify him, I'm stomping on pride with humility. That's how you do it. Keep Jesus at the center. Well, I'm done now. And, uh, uh, and see, they said I had a whole lot of time today, but I know y'all trying to get home. And um, I thank God for this opportunity. Let's, let's, listen, is there one here today? I'm going to go ahead and, and talk. We used to call it the, the doors of the church are open. Folks don't talk like that no more. That's, I know, that's, that's old folk talk. But uh, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sin, repent and believe. That's what we want you to do. And maybe you're here today and, and you don't know him. I bid you to come and we'll talk with you and walk you through God's plan of salvation. Um, the most important, the best decision you can ever make is to repent and believe, to, to, to open yourself up to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And what I love is that he'll take you as is. Uh, it doesn't make any difference where you've been. What you, look, we're all still doing some stuff. Some of us have not been delivered from some stuff. And you know what? That's wrong. I mean, that's, that's, that's good because we're all still dealing with some stuff. We all got some stuff we haven't conquered yet. And we Attitudes, habits, appetites. But the good thing is that we have a, a Savior who says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. you know Christ and you're saved and on your way to heaven, just give him a hand clap. <laughs> Amen. And let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to once again worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I pray for that person who, for whatever reason, felt uncomfortable uh, coming forward and, and saying that they're not saved, I pray, Lord, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they would come to know you, that they would make Faith Fellowship Church their home church. 
Lord, we just love you. We thank you for Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would help us each day to learn to keep pride in check, that we might live in such a way that we glorify and honor your son. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus Christ's name, we do pray and give thanks. Amen.